There's never been anybody who has influenced our planet the way that Jesus has. And the Old Testament prophesied that there would be a Messiah, an anointed one, which is what Messiah means, who would bless all nations. Abraham was told that one of his descendants was going to bless all nations. That was a promise of the Messiah. Today, did Jesus claim to be the Messiah? This is Robert Furrow, and welcome to Hot Topics. If you're new here, consider liking, subscribing, sharing, and ringing the bell so you can get all of our new videos. The comment section is open below. We would love to hear from you. I want to start by looking at four things the Old Testament tells us about the Messiah, and it gives us a scope of what the Messiah would do. And then I want to look at four claims that Jesus made that he indeed fulfilled those messianic passages. Number one, there was a promise of a suffering victorious one. This is early in the Bible. It's called the Proto-Evangelium. It's the first prophecy that we find in Scripture. And that is in Genesis 3, verse 15. Here's what it says. And I will put enmity between you and the woman. This is between the serpent who had deceived her and the woman. And between your seed, that's offspring, and her seed. And he shall bruise your head, speaking of the serpent, his head would be bruised, and you shall bruise his heel. So the promise is that there's going to be victory, the crushed head of a serpent. However, there's a cost, and that is the bruised heel of the one that is foretold. We know as the Messiah that Jesus would come and suffer the cross in order to have victory over the serpent and to put an end to death. That was the first prophecy about the Messiah. Number two, still in the book of Genesis, is a promise that all nations are going to be blessed by one person. Listen to what the Bible says in Genesis chapter 12, verses one through three, and this is God speaking to Abraham, who was an idolater that God revealed himself to, called him into the land of Canaan to use him to build a nation to send the Messiah into the world. Listen to what it says. Now, the Lord had said to Abram, get out of your country, from your family and from your father's house, to a land that I will show you, and I will make you a great nation, and I will bless you and make your name great and you shall be a blessing, and I will bless those who bless you, and I will curse those who curse you. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. What a promise. Not only the nations, but all of the families of the earth would be blessed in Abram. Listen to Genesis 22:18. In your seed, all the nations of the earth shall be blessed. The word seed there is descendant. That's what they mean, just like it did in Genesis 3.15. Here it says that the seed or descendant of Abraham is going to bless all nations on the earth. Listen to it again. In your seed, all the nations of the earth shall be blessed. Because you have obeyed my voice, it was out of the obedience and believing God that God then used him to be able to bring the Messiah into the world and give us that great promise that all the nations of the earth will be blessed and all the families of the earth through a descendant of Abraham. Number three, the Bible prophesied that there was going to be one that God was going to anoint. The word Messiah means anointed one. And whenever you read in the Old Testament that God is going to use an anointed one, 
the Son of God is referred to as the Anointed One in Psalms chapter 2. And here in Isaiah 61, Jesus stood up and read this in Nazareth at the beginning of his ministry. It says, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. The Messiah is the Anointed One. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Because the Lord anointed me to preach good tidings to the poor, he sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and to open the prison to those who are bound. That's what the Messiah did. He came close to the brokenhearted and ministered to them. He set us free from sin that had us chained and so easily entangles us. Number four, that there would be one who would die for the sins of all people. Listen to what the Bible says in Isaiah 53. And this is the prophecy of the suffering Messiah. This is written hundreds of years before the time of Christ. And you can hear Jesus in it. If you know the story of his arrest, of his beatings, of his trials, of his scourging, and then of his crucifixion, it fits right in with what we read here in Isaiah 53. We'll start in verse 3 and go to verse 6. And then we'll read verse 12. He is despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows acquainted with grief. And we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised, and we did not esteem him. Surely he has borne our sorrows and carried our grief, yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. That's a word for sin. And he was bruised for our iniquities. That's another word for sin. Wounded and bruised for our sins. The chastisement for our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. It wasn't made up by the church that Jesus was going to suffer and die for the sins of mankind. It was foretold hundreds of years before Christ in the book of Isaiah. It goes on to say then in verse 12, Therefore, I will divide him a portion with the soul unto death, and he will be numbered among the transgressors. Remember, he was crucified with two thieves. And he bore the sins of many and made intercession for transgressors. What a promise from the book of Isaiah. That's Isaiah 53, verse 12, that he actually bore our sins on that cross. So that's just four out of dozens of Old Testament passages that speak of the Messiah, one who was promised, one who would come into this world that would bless all nations, that would deal with sin, that would crush the head of the serpent, that would bless all the families of the earth. Now we have four times that Jesus claimed to be that Messiah. First of all is in John chapter 4, where we have the woman at the well and Jesus interacting with her. And she said to him, I know the Messiah is coming, who is called the Christ. Remember, the word Christ is the Greek for the Hebrew Messiah. Jesus Christ is not his first and last name, but Jesus the Messiah. She went on to say, when he comes, he will tell us all things. And then Jesus said to her, I who speak to you am he. I had someone tell me one time that Jesus never claimed to be the Messiah. And I told them they just weren't reading scripture. 
if they read the Bible, if they really went to look to see whether or not Jesus claimed to be the Messiah, they would have found John chapter 4, where Jesus says to this woman, I who speak to you am he. She asked about the Messiah, the Christ. He claimed to be the Messiah, the Christ. The second place that Jesus claimed to be the Messiah was in Caesarea Philippi in Luke chapter 9. When he asked his disciples, who do men say that I am? And they say, well, some say that you are John the Baptist, come back from the dead. Some say that you are Elijah. Some say you are one of the prophets. These are the kind of things that people say about Jesus today, that he's a good man, that he's a good teacher, that he's one of the prophets. I don't know what the thing was with John the Baptist coming back from the dead, but somehow they believed that Jesus could be somehow the reincarnation of John the Baptist, even though John the Baptist and Jesus were contemporaries. I don't understand it at all, but somehow people were saying that about Jesus. And then Jesus asked them another question. He said to them, who do you say that I am? Peter answered and said, the Christ of God, the Messiah of God. And he strictly warned, this is Jesus now, strictly warned and commanded them to tell no one this, saying, the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected, and the elders and the chief priests and the scribes and be killed and be raised on the third day. So Jesus wanted to keep it secret because his time had not yet come. Jesus did not come to this earth the first time to be crowned as king, but he came to suffer and die. And so Peter says, you are the Christ of God. And Jesus says, don't tell anybody this. So he's telling him that indeed he is the Messiah. The third time that Jesus claimed to be the Messiah was to a man who had been born blind and Jesus healed him. When the disciples saw this blind man, they said, who sinned, his parents or him, that he would be born blind? And Jesus said, neither. It's interesting, they thought that he could have somehow sinned in the womb or that his parents had sinned and then had a blind baby. And this blind baby was now a beggar. But Jesus said, it is for the glory of God that this man was born blind. And then he healed him. And the man was eventually excommunicated from the church. And the Bible says that Jesus found him again. And listen to what Jesus said to him in John 9, 35 through 37. Jesus heard that they had cast him out. And when he had found him, he said to him, do you believe in the son of God? Now, there's a connection in Psalms chapter two to the son of God and the anointed one. Just read the first three verses of Psalm chapter two and you see that the son of God is the anointed one. And so Jesus says, do you believe in the son of God? He answered and said, who is he? Lord, that I might believe in him. And Jesus said to him, you have both seen him and it is he who is talking to you. What a great thing that he not only revealed himself as the Messiah to his disciples, but to the Samaritan woman and to the man who was born blind. The fourth place that Jesus reveals himself as the Messiah is to the chief priests, even the high priest. In Matthew 26, verse 63, it says, but Jesus kept silent and the high priest answered and said to him, I put you under oath by the living God. Tell us if you are the Christ. Tell us if you are the Messiah the son of God and see the connection the high priest knew Psalms 2 the, the, the Messiah the Christ the son of God Jesus said to him it is as you said so he admits to it nevertheless I say to you hereafter you will see the son of man sitting on the right hand with power and coming in the clouds of heaven 
Then the high priest tore his clothes, saying, He has spoken blasphemy. What further need do we have of witnesses? Look now, you have heard his blasphemy. What did Jesus mean when he referred to himself as the Son of Man? He said, yes, I am the Christ, the Son of God, but from now on, you're going to see the Son of Man coming in the clouds. He was making a reference to Daniel chapter 7, where we see a human come on the clouds, join the Ancient of Days, given dominion, power, and glory. So let me read you that out of Daniel chapter 7, starting in verse 9. I watched till thrones were put into place, and the Ancient of Days was seated. His garment was white as snow. His hair and his head were white like pure wool. His throne was a fiery flame, its wheels a burning fire. This was a chariot throne. And fiery stream issued and came forth from, from before him. And thousands of thousands ministered to him, and tens of thousands of thousands stood before him. And the court was seated, and the books were opened. This is judgment day. And I was watching in the night vision, and behold, one like the Son of Man coming with the clouds of heaven. He came to the Ancient of Days, and they brought him near before him. Then to him was given dominion and glory and a kingdom that all peoples, nations, and language should serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion, which shall not pass away, and his kingdom the one which shall not be destroyed. So Daniel prophesied of the Son of Man coming and receiving a kingdom that would be eternal. And so Jesus said to the high priest, from now on, you will see the Son of Man coming in the clouds of glory and given dominion and power and glory. Jesus was claiming to be God, not only the Messiah, but God. And that's why the high priest cried blasphemy and tore his clothes. Now I want to close with one more verse about the Messiah. The book of John was written so that we would know that he was the Messiah and we would believe in him. That's why we tell people when they're new Christians, start in the book of John, because it helps them to know who Jesus is and believe in him. Listen to what John says in John 20, verse 30. And truly, Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book. But these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Messiah, the Son of God, the connection to Psalms 2, and that believing you may have life in his name. So that's four of the passages that prophesy the Messiah. And Jesus claiming four times to be the Messiah, and then John telling us that he wrote the book of John, that we would know that Jesus is the Messiah, and believing on him, we would find eternal life.